We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. I think there's a lot of players that could be taken from this game. Okay. As I listed every player. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that was 22. So, yeah, good job. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, surprisingly, this soon, after such a big day, such a big week, is Andrew Laird. Uh, we apologize for not coming to you live on Tuesday with a review. So we'll be doing a review preview, uh, review, preview podcast. And uh, congratulations to Andrew Laird's alma mater, Villanova, for winning the national championship. 
basically, that you know what? Let's. I, don't, I shouldn't even stalk. You should actually just describe the whole Final Four experience because you were actually in Houston. It yeah, I was. Um, the Saturday games, meaning the actual Final Four games, everybody was complaining about how awful the games were because it was two blowouts. Naturally, I thought the Villanova blowout uh, of Oklahoma was wonderful, um, as any Villanova fan would. So uh, that was a lot of fun. I went to the Final Four in 2009 when Villanova was in it, and back in 2009, it was one of those that like we were just really happy to be there. And a lot of Villanova people thought they could win it this year. And so there was a much different feel uh, among the the alumni. And uh, when they blasted Oklahoma on Saturday, everybody was very fired up because there was the whole, maybe we actually could win this thing. And then Monday's game was just, I mean, it was easily the best sporting event I've ever been to. It made got to the point where I was considering just giving up on watching sports because I'm not sure I would be able to top that moment. Uh, the best sporting event I had ever been to before that was the 2003 ALCS, the Aaron Boone game, oh. which was really great until the Red Sox won it a year later and kind of killed the Aaron, the Aaron bleeping Boone. Yeah. It just killed the, the momentous part of that. Um, but the, yeah, I mean it, the fact that, uh, you know, it was it was going to be one of the greatest games ever anyway. And the fact that I went to Villanova and have been a Villanova basketball nut since I, before I went there. I mean, basketball is like a big reason I went to Villanova. Uh, unfortunately, the four years I was there, we made four consecutive NIT appearances, which I believe is the only four-year span they've ever not made the tournament. Uh, which a few of my friends who were down there as well noted that just makes this championship even better because we slog through so many garbage games uh during our time but uh and there was no way you could afford to go to houston on a college student's budget for sure for sure um they do like offer up student tickets but you know you got to get yourself there which is uh, <laughs> they, do I, not, they do not offer up student flights uh they they do actually uh they did uh, they did a full vill- in a classic villanova fashion they had a charter flight that went down there that was basically for the richest of the Villanova students and there are plenty of them but uh I in college I we probably would have driven um we probably would have left like Wednesday and gotten there Friday for it but um but you know that's what you do in college I we went to a Duke game I think it was a preseason NIT game uh Villanova at Duke and we drove down for the game went to the game and then drove back and I drove to Memphis uh, when they played Memphis uh, when I was in college so I probably would have driven, but uh, I didn't have to this time because I'm an adult. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, the the game was was just nuts, and I've never just screamed and hugged strangers as much as I did uh, after that game. And you know, it was a it was a fantastic moment. I was really glad I was there for it. And uh, there are a lot of alumni events where we see people who um, were at Villanova or had been alums already when they won in 85 talk about how they were there for it. And now, uh, I get to use that same line, which is a lot of fun. I can remember, um, some, uh, not, not even close to a similar story. Um, when, <laughs> when, when Syracuse basketball, cause I was as a Syracuse basketball fan, even though 
people get on me all the time because I'm not just 100% positive about my teams. And with good reason, because the Chargers, for example, give you a lot of reasons to be negative, like uh, having two Hall of Fame level quarterbacks consecutively and not even sniff a Super Bowl appearance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have good reason to be hard on my team, but uh, I'm detracting, I'm distracting from the story. Um, I was auditioning for the music school in April um during like during my junior year of high school basically really early auditions for um it was like an early audition for early acceptance but um i remember you know my flight got canceled coming home and that was the sunday and the national championship game was on the monday and i was able to i I was i mean i basically i was able to be in syracuse during the game and it was so much fun and to say that it didn't contribute to the reason why i went to syracuse would be would 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 be a lie (laughs) and you know and and just and basically just like you like basketball was one of the reasons i I follow syracuse i not only got to see syracuse lose in the final four uh i got to see the women lose in the finals and not only get not only did both of them lose they lost out loud it was it was bad um, by a combined total of, I think, about 45 points between the two teams. Most of it being the women. Most of them, yeah. But, you know, it was uh, uh, those factors, and I finally passed that exam that I had failed three times. Oh, nice. uh, th- those were the reasons why uh, we did not come to you on Tuesday. Uh, th- that, that, was the long, that was our long-winded explanation of why we didn't do our Tuesday show. But we're back here today. Lots to talk about, lots to react to from last week. Uh, very interesting week in terms of uh, the bottom four, bottom five-ish now, because Crystal Palace now get pulled back into the relegation race. Uh, it, we'll get, we'll go through that, and there's going to be another relegation six-pointer involving Crystal Palace now. Mm-hmm. With uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, actually, but let's get started here. There were a, it's one of those weekends where there are so many goals, Andrew, so many goals and goals from expected sources. Right. So, uh, there's lots of, there were lots of, lots of points to be had and let's start. There were three games where one team scored four goals. That does not happen very often. No. So, uh, let's start with those three teams. And these are the really expected sources. Chelsea for the first time, I think all season and only because it's against Aston Villa, what worked, what was going to work on paper, worked exactly as it should have in real life. Mm-hmm. And Chelsea, for the fir- for the first time, showed that they were the team in transition, and that team looked great. Yeah, it did. Those those young players looked really really good. Uh, Kennedy playing out wide to the left was good all game. Loftus Cheek scored a goal. Uh, it, it, it was just there was fun to be had for everybody involved. Bob Rockman played. And Matt Miazga finally got on. And I was just about to say that. (laughs) U.S. Pride, the pride of Red Bulls New York. Uh, uh, Matt Miazga played well, played like almost like a younger John Terry, but not as good. I don't want to call him John Terry, but he's not not very quick. Nope. He's Um, big, though. He is big, and he knows how to make himself – physically imposing at the right times there were a couple of there are a couple of times where he was forced out wide to cover and he just he either tackled the ball or he blocked the ball to go right out of bounds so they can get back in position Mm -hmm. and it was just you know part of this i got cautious optimism 
you know, it was Aston Villa, but there was no Willian, no Hazard, no Costa, and they did just fine winning 4 nothing. Yep. And Pato scored. Yeah, he did. Off the bench. But yes, yes he Pato scored. scored. Yes, uh, Pato came on. We saw the debut from him. Uh, Pedro scored twice near the end, uh, kind of, you know, when the game was all wrapped up. But uh, Aspilicueta got an assist. It was just an all-around good game, and Cesc Fabregas followed up his brace with a yellow card. So, <laughs> you know, just... Exactly what everyone thought it would be. And even Thibaut Coutois looked good in his four saves. Yeah, I mean, he's there's never any question oh, about him. And, right? and and I nailed it on the on the uh, on the Aston Villa side when you said, you know, maybe Alan Hutton. I said he's just as big of a red card risk as he is for anything else. Gets a red You card. nailed that one. Yeah, you did. I literally just chuckled to myself when the notification on my or somewhere I saw that he he'd gotten tossed because yep, just as you said, red card risk. <laughs> He's a red card risk, but in all honesty, if it hasn't been rescinded yet, it should be. Uh, it was it was not a red card foul. Okay. But, you know, be that as it may, I, I don't even think Alan Hutton would mind at this point to be suspended for three games. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just leave me at home. All right. Uh, but then another another team that scored four were Arsenal against Watford. That was a little surprising to me that Watford let up four goals. Not that they didn't score, but that Arsenal really just hammered them repeatedly uh i completely disagree i think it's exactly the kind of i didn't didn't we kind of say that or maybe i said it last week that uh now that arsenal needs 15 points they'll have no problem getting the three and they'll blast everybody that they play now because the title's gone yeah and you would think that uh uh, that even letting up four goals it would be a bad game for jorelio gomez nope eight saves yeah eight saves (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's just very interesting. Uh, Alexi Sanchez back on the board, uh, looking like he is uh, looking like he used to look. Yes. Basically, uh, Joel Campbell coming off the bench had an assist. So the, everyone, everyone was doing well. Alex Iwobi scored. Uh, Hector Bellerin even got in on the action. So lo- lo- lots of goodness to be had for everybody on Arsenal's side. Um, uh, Alexi Sanchez going forward, we'll talk probably talk about him. You know whether you would use him next week or not. Uh, but did you see something from Alexi Sanchez that was different, or is it just you know Watford weren't playing very well? Uh, I think it's just that he is fit again. There was a you know he he missed a, a good amount of time with the with the injury, and it seems that Arsene Wenger uh, you know kind of refuses to let somebody else make the decision on Sanchez. He kind of leaves it up to Sanchez himself, um, which, you know, can be a detriment for most players because, of course, they want to play. And he's kind of like, you know, he's fit, so I'm going to play him. And you know, it, when he's not totally fit, he's he looks it. And so I think now that, uh, you know, he's had a few games to to get back, he looks like him again. He's different because well, he looks the same as he did previously. And Odion Igalo did not help his case to be on Arsenal next season. No, uh, no one did actually for uh, on Watford. That was a total total collapse. Yeah, one goal uh, in their uh, last five games. Yeah, another total collapse. By the way, is Burnmouth. Uh, I I was I, I I thought that it didn't matter that they were playing against Manchester City, but because Manchester City were on the road, they give up goals. Um, wrong. Uh, four, <laughs> four 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 nil to the visitors. Yeah. Uh, City. City played very well. Uh, you know, we, we saw the return of Kolarov. 
because uh, he got on the board. Uh, De Bruyne came De Bruyne, back, yeah. which was great. Uh, he got in a goal. Even Jesus, uh, Jesus Navas got an assist from a corner kick, which yeah. is absolutely unheard of. <laughs> um, just everyone you wanted on the board got on the board. David Silva got an assist. Um, it just, you know, it, Zabaleta played and played well. So it, it's it's one of those games where I was just very surprised that Matt Ritchie, Max Gradle, uh, just could not find any kind of rhythm. The last the last two games they've looked very much like a championship side, and they're lucky that they have played well enough to this point that they're not in any sort of relegation fight. Because well, well I mean, one could have led to the other. Let's be honest. The fact that they've kind of secured their safety, they 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 may have, you know, that's what I mean. Yeah, taken foot off the gas. Yeah, but frankly, I mean. Maybe not losing seven nothing uh, cumulatively, but back to back at Spurs and home against Man City—that's about as tough as it gets in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, but like, yeah, it just basically it, it, again the theme of the weekend was you know goals from expected sources. Now for uh, and for me, uh, score scoring in general from expected sources. And then, but the one surprised me was Burmuth not scoring a goal. That was just that that was surprising to me. Yeah, I guess, I guess. I mean, Man City is still Man City when it comes down to it. And, uh, you know, it's a, this is as big as a mismatch as you're going to find pretty much. Yeah. So it yeah. shouldn't be overly Ale- surprising. Alexander Mitrovic consi- uh, continued his good ways under uh, Rafa Benitez. He scored twice, mm-hmm. but it wasn't enough. This was the most fun game of the weekend to watch uh, as Norwich scored th- uh, thrice, three times. Uh, Robbie Brady played out of his mind he was great he got an assist he only got an assist in terms of scoring but he was great uh crossing the ball even defensively getting back uh tim Closa scored the opening goal and a nice header from a from a robbie brady free kick uh, and Gio, uh, Gio mercy and bocani scored it was it was a hammer shot that unless the goalie was holding his hands directly above his head, he wasn't stopping it, even <laughs> though it was about 18 yards away. Mm-hmm. It was hit that hard, mm-hmm. and it, it, it just rifled into the back of the net, even though I still think the goalie should have saved it. But uh, Martin Olsen also got on the board, which was great for my team last weekend, uh, which could not play, which was because uh, of the DraftKings restrictions. So nuts to me. That's exactly the way my team should be playing is when it can't count. But uh, that, but this was a great relegation six pointer Newcastle square. Uh, they're in trouble now. Yeah, I mean the back to back Sunderland and Norwich, and to get one point out of that, uh, that's that's the recipe for going down. Yeah, uh, and speaking of Sunderland, they played the most boring game of the weekend. A perfect Big Sam Tony Pulis affair of zero zero, mm-hmm. very expected. Uh, but Unbeaten in their last four. Unfortunately, they only have four points out of those last out of those four. I assuming you're referring to Sunderland. Sunderland, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, not if if you said that there was going to be a scoreless draw between Sunderland and West Brom, that would not have shocked you. Uh, one game that did shock me uh, it was two two uh, between Stoke and Swansea. Ibrahim Affleck continuing his scoring ways, getting a goal. And who and who else but Gilfie Sigurdsson? Yeah, uh, he, he scored one, and Alberto Pelosi added another off the bench. I believe it was off the bench. I may be wrong there, but I think I'm right. Um, Marco Arnautovic got a got an assist along with your boy, the guy who leads the league in passes completed. I think uh, Glenn Whelan. Yes. So I don't know if it's the whole league, but he's up there. My boy. <laughs> <laughs> your boy, who you've never picked. Right. I think I picked uh, yeah. him once on Yahoo because they have passes. But, and I paid for it. Uh, it was it was surprising to me that at Stoke that that game would end two uh, two, 
the score line in general that it was 2-2 and also that Stoke wouldn't win. That was, that was a little surprising to me. Uh, I'm kind of surprised every time Swansea wins. Yeah, but they didn't even win. They just drew this. Well, yeah, but... Anytime that Swansea gets a point, it's surprising because they have no manager. A little bit, yeah. No, don't they have two of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's like with quarterbacks. If you have two of them, you have none. Okay. Uh, West Ham, uh, this is the biggest shock of the weekend. West Ham drawing Crystal Palace at, at home. Uh, that really kind of, to me, this is the game where if you are serious about your contention for the Champions League, you get three points. Yeah, that hurt. That hurt big time. And allowing Dwight Gale to score, of all people. <laughs> I bet that part bothers you more than anything else. It, it, that does bother me more than anything else. Uh, Dimitri Payet, I don't know if you've seen the highlight of it yet. He repeated the same goal he scored for France. Mm-hmm. You know, because people say, oh, it's a one in a million shot. No, it's not. Yep. Now it's two. It's, it's now a two and two shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it's a free kick going to where the goaltender is standing. The goaltender cheats maybe a half a step and he doesn't even react. He doesn't even offer at the shot. It's looking like it's going a foot over the bar and it dips in mm-hmm. on his side, on the goalkeeper. On the, side. I was going to say on his side, right? Um, there's no way anybody else wins player of the year, right? Or whatever they call it, it. You would you would have to make a very convincing argument. I mean, there's three people that you can make the argument for, in my opinion, and, and, and it's it's Riyad Mahrez because of the fact that he's gone he's gone double double, and the Leicester story in general. Mm-hmm. Jamie Vardy, but not you know because of the eleven straight goal, uh, eleven straight games with a goal. Remember that back in the day. Yep. And those two, and then Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, you know, over 20 goals. Yeah, he is so, over. Yeah. I mean, those are the only three. I mean, Romelu Lukaku, if he goes crazy. But it, it, the, the, the thing against Pi is he's missed time. That's it. I, I guess. Yeah, I mean. If West Ham, I mean, if what, if what, it's between him and Mares to me. And I think the key differentiator is, you know, if West Ham qualify for Europe, I mean, the Champions League, it, it's going to be a re- – I mean, there's a case to be made that they could be co-players of the year. Yeah, I, I would – I'd accept that. I I find it very difficult. I think uh, – was it John Terry's ballot for team of the year came out? I don't care. And Well, no, it was more just – it was – I think there were seven – seven Leicester players on it. Uh, you know, he, the case could be made for N'Golo Conte too. I was going to say Conte was definitely on that one, but like for, for what he does, there's no one better. Right. I just uh, I don't know. Payet f- certainly for fantasy, he's got to be the number one uh, if you use DraftKings scoring because uh, Mares certainly doesn't do nearly as much as as he does. So from a from well, a fantasy yeah. standpoint, it's all uh, Payet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure if uh, if DraftKings. Who, by the way, thank you, DraftKings Europe, for following me. Appreciate that, DraftKings UK. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, but uh, I'm sure that if DraftKings, you know, if they were coming out with a Player of the Year, it would. I can't imagine Maros would be far from first if he isn't first. Over Payet. <sighs> That's what I mean. I, I feel it's like be, it's, be, it's because of the number of goals and assists that Maros has. The, those are what score you the most points. And it's not like Maros doesn't cross. He does cross. But but not. Not Pyatt level crossing, no way. It'd be tough. It'd be tough. <laughs> It'd be tough. But uh, Pyatt and, Manz- and Lanzini again. Lanzini gets on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. They are playing very well together at the detriment of all the forwards. Yeah, um, 
Tate McIntyre wrote in his um, FPL barometer this week that basically there's no reason to have any of the forwards because, uh, and it was it was less because of Pyatt and Lanzini and more that they just keep eating into each other's time, uh, and the fact that um, you know the fact that they're all fit is is a detriment for fantasy purposes because there's no reason for them to play 90 minutes and you know well obviously you, you can score in less than that they you know you you want guys who play as much as possible and you're not going to find that with the West Ham strikers yeah on the on the Crystal Palace side of this review here uh the big story to me was Bakary Sako mm-hmm. uh 15 crosses he got an assist got a yellow card um this is the Bakary Sako we saw when he first came over Yes, uh, he was scoring goals. Was too. he playing as a striker? Did Belasi play there? It was, it was, oh, it they, was I guess Gale. You said right? it was it, well at the end of the game they did, but it was fluid at the start. Yeah, uh, between him, Zaha, and Belasi, whoever was just up there was the striker. Yeah, it, it, they they just kind of rotated in that front three cut type of deal. Right. I, I wonder if Sako gets any crosses if Kabai comes back this week because he's. I mean, Kabai has already. Has supposed have been supposed to come back, so um, I believe he's been cleared to play. But you know, that's that's his role basically. Uh, those Sacco corners aren't going to necessarily. Yeah, and, and if and if Kabai can come back, can he come back for ninety minutes, or is it going to be one of those thirty minute roles or sixty minute right. roles? Although I'm seeing here, eleven of his fifteen were not on corners, so maybe I yeah. don't know. It, 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 uh, I was I was just about to ask you that question because. He didn't. Uh, there weren't many corners for yeah. the Crystal Palace. Period. So it, it, I would say that I would have thought the majority of them, at least, would have come from open play. Yeah, I, uh, I, I get why anybody would want him. I would just be really nervous that they dry up if Kabai comes back because they just play differently like that. Yeah, but when Kabai is there, Sako can get on the other end of them too. That's the, that's the beauty of Bakary Sako. He can score goals and he can set up goals very, equally well. Yeah, it's just uh, think, you know you I think lose. He shoots, the ball, he shoots the ball hardest. You lose a significant amount of floor when if he's not playing that that way. So. True, he becomes much more volatile. I'll give yeah. you that. All right, uh, on the the Sunday slate of last week. I'm oh, sorry, the last game of Saturday of last week. It was uh, Liverpool won, Spurs won, Spurs rescuing a point. Uh, yeah, it, lucky. It, lucky is a little too strong, but <laughs> but the usual sources: Christian Eriksen to Harry Kane. Yep. Boom. Well, and and Coutinho from Sturridge. I mean, those are the guys that you would have thought would be on this course sheet. They were going to be scoring here. Yeah, those so, are the only ones. I mean, those four. I'm I'm kind of starting to fall off on Dele Ali a little bit, which means he'll score this weekend. But um, I, I'd prefer the. Let me change my lineup for this week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I just think Erickson has the better floor. Kane obviously has higher upside than any of them. So uh, Dele Ali's price, I feel like he became a fantasy star because he was so cheap, and now it's not really the case anymore. Yeah, and the man to have from the Leicester-Southampton game, you guessed it, Christian Fuchs. Yeah. The <laughs> clean sheet, uh, a few crosses. He did get a yellow card, but he got the assist on Wes Morgan's goal. I remember I was sitting on my couch next to my wife, and she she cheers he, she hears me cheering for Lester and she's like, "That's not Chelsea." I'm like, no, it's not. But this is the next best thing. <laughs> and and basically, because on the goal it was basically uh, it was a scramble from a corner and it comes back out to Fuchs and I see Wes Morgan put his hand up and I go Morgan and I go I go Morgan Morgan and then they cross it into Morgan and he scores and then someone like outside my window because the window was open goes what. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan standing outside. That's awesome. 
but <laughs> what? What? <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. It's fine. Casper Schmeichel, of course, gets his clean sheet and another one nil victory for Leicester. What a run! Uh, they, I think win. they've played sixteen one goal games and have won fourteen of them this season. Five of their last six games have been one nothing wins. Just, I mean, that that's the stuff. Championship. That's how, yeah, I was gonna say that's how you finish a championship season. Yeah. But uh, Everton on the road, where you thought they'd be playing better, nope, didn't no. score. Manchester United one, Everton nil, Martial three and four, three in his last four, and uh, Fosu Mensa getting uh, another young player getting on there, getting an assist here. Mm-hmm. They also have they have three one nothing wins in their last four. Yeah, well, back to LVG style, I guess. That's right. But when Jose Mourinho takes over, now that uh, oh oh by the way, on the Chelsea side, they finally the worst kept secret in the world, Antonio Conte on for the manager next season. Yes. Hopefully, and the rumor is that the three-five-two will be installed. So my wish is finally coming true for that team. We'll see. Uh, yes, we will. I can't argue. <laughs> uh, David de Gea gets one save in the clean sheet, but. Everton looked really pedestrian and coming up actually that's a nice segue for when we preview this upcoming week uh, Everton they had co- they're on the double game week now for this week game week 33 yes and they, they just haven't been showing you because Lukaku's down and down form no one on that team is you know upticking in form in a way that you would feel any kind of confidence right yeah, you you almost have to pay, play Lukaku because of the upside possibility. Um, this is in you know like FPL where you can where you get this double game week. But uh, yeah, it's I, I I'm tempted to actually grab a few Crystal Palace guys because they're the ones also on the double game week. Uh, it, and, like, and because their double game week is against two very lackluster defenses. Yep. At home, no less. Uh, although we did say Everton has been better on the road, but yeah, the the Everton thing, I, f- I feel like you could easily see, uh, you know, De Lefeu starting the first one and then Lennon starting the second, or cleverly, you know, like they they're just a few too many options that you you might not even get two games out of a double, you know, this double game week if you play somebody other than Lukaku. And I Ross mean, Barkley is just gonna, too inconsistent. Yeah, there you, you can. Nobody's going to be happy with six points from two matches out of him, which is entirely possible. So, yeah, the it's Lukaku and for me, and that's it. Uh, I mean, I take that back. I I considered uh, Seamus Coleman just because uh, he's got a little bit of offensive upside. Whereas, uh, and now we saw John Stones back last week, so I could see even that. Uh, you know, some sort of rotation in the back of the two matches. Not that they have to rest anybody, but, you know, they've been playing Funes Mori for most of the season. So, I don't know. I think this is Jags' last season. I was going to say in Jags, yeah. So, and even Baines, I'm not sure I'd be comfortable playing, you know, making, ensuring that he plays both games just given all the issues. I ranked him, but the only reason why I ranked him is because it's double game week. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt about Coleman. And uh, Coleman's the only one that I I really went in. People were talking about Joel Robles, and it's like, Ugh. I never. Yeah. I mean, I, well, you I, never, I, surely. I, I ranked him only because he plays twice, and even two one one goal allowed games is better than one one goal allowed games, which is what most, at least, what most goaltenders are going to be getting this week. I I guess. I mean, if you get two of them, I mean, let, let, unless they let up four goals in each game, where they can go negative both both times, 
you know, here's my it, be goaltenders to me are a dime a dozen anyway. Right. So why not get two dimes? <laughs> I uh, that's fair. I understand it, but I'm not sure he's better than Hennessy. Well, I am. I am never, ever, ever going to pick a. You know, that, that's my first commandment of of fantasy Premier League. Never take a Everton goalkeeper. Right. Never. I've got Hennessy ahead of Robles this week. Yeah, I see. Two that. game. I mean, it's two games I, at home versus two games on the road. And, well, but Everton play better on the road than they do at home, especially defensively. It, it's it, it's one of those things. Yeah. It, Everton are an anomaly in that way. So, and they're both and both teams have decent matchups. I think the worst matchup is the Crystal Palace against Everton. Yeah, so maybe. Because if you're looking at Everton, it's Watford and Palace, and if you're looking at Palace, it's Norwich and Everton. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely intriguing. And the worst matchup is the one that's you know at Everton. creating the double game week. Yeah, correct. For at least, for at least when you look at those two sides and those in those you know between the four games between the two of them, that's the worst of the matchups. Yeah, fair. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, one order of business before we go through our full preview. Uh, our hunger, our hungry games got kicked off. Oh, yeah. Um, so you know, there's been one exchange. So we, we started off. We, we we went in first with Graziano Penne. Uh, we got a, we got a decent number of responses. Uh, the one that I felt was equal was uh, uh, Frank McRibbery. So <laughs> or the McRibbery, either one. Uh, both are phenomenal. So uh, I, I I decided to raise on top of that sushi okazaki. So uh, we have not received uh, one that has topped sushi okazaki to me. Mm. I saw uh, Luis Pacheco did the onion igalo, which really only works if you like read it, because it's not like you don't say onion igalo. <laughs> and then sa- salmon rondon, I think, was one that we had. Uh, yeah, Sam and Rondon. Yeah, we had yep. put back and forth to each other. So, well, I, I mean, it, I mean, that would be like saying Jordan Munch, which you did, which I do. I said it on the podcast. Like, <laughs> it, it's too obvious, but that became brunch, and then Chris yeah. Brunch. You know, it, you know, th- those we, we, we we've kind of we've kind of put those off into the, you know, that's just, you know, that wasn't there a basketball player named Salmons? Uh, yes, yeah, John yeah. Salmon Salmons. Yeah, so I mean, it's one. It's th- those are the types of names that kind of just that's too easy. You, you got to show a little bit more creativity than that. <laughs> just a little. Okay. <sighs> I'm trying. I know there. I have many, many others, and I I want to name them here, but I need to make sure because I mean the creativity that we get from the responses from from our listeners, they're great, and I want to make sure that I have enough that if someone comes back to me with something that I like, that I have something to raise on top. <laughs> Fair point. Can't give can't give it all away here. But so far, as far as the best of the listeners or the best of the listener suggestions, it is definitely the McRibbery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one. <sighs> Let's get started, shall we? With yeah. the preview. All right, game week thirty three. West Ham at home. Arsenal. Oh boy, Dimitri Payet. This is, Arsenal are going to smash every team, and somehow they're going to have to smash a team with Dimitri Payet on it, huh? Yeah, I feel like this one has three two written all over it. That's really blasting the opponent. Um, I'm just saying it took about five minutes to to, go, to double back on what you were saying about Arsenal. 
then give me 3-1. So you think Arsenal are going to win 3-1 against West Ham at West Ham when West Ham are just coming off a loss at home? Yes, uh, yes. Yes, I do. This is where they're going to get their points when it doesn't matter. We need to put some kind of wager on this because I totally disagree. Okay. Uh, Because I'm thinking, like, the best case scenario for Arsenal is 2-2. Um, like the best case. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them giving up that many goals. I think they're they're starting to figure it out defensively. Against they're that, playing the double pivot. That now. Midfield? Oh no! Yeah. Against that midfield? Oh no! Yeah, I think the El Nani and Coquelin combo is, has really solidified the front of that defense. And I think, frankly, they'll be attacking more anyway. Like Arsenal holds the ball for so long that West Ham won't have that many opportunities to to score. But it'll definitely be some sort of set-piece goal that, that breaks the clean sheet. Oh, man, that really makes me... I hope Andy Carroll starts then. <laughs> I don't know. We'll I, see. I we'll really, see. really, really hope. Hope among hope that that's an Andy Carroll game then, because I would love that. I think I, I seriously think 2-2 two, two, two would be the best-case scenario. Okay. <sighs> and I'd like... And Dimitri Payet... Dimitri Payet... He doesn't even need. He doesn't even need much. Like he doesn't need. He touches the ball more than anyone else in the opposing third. And you're just saying that Arsenal will just not let them have the ball at all. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. I think you're wearing Arsenal-colored glasses now. Okay. That's fair. I hate it when you just jab. You just like that. that like that's just like the jab to keep me away from arguing with you more. That's fair. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm not sure what else to say. That's uh, they've been they've been very good since they uh, were effectively knocked out of competing for the title. So, yeah, that's the, that's Arsenal's most comfortable place. I that's guess. right. And so yeah, that's what you've been saying. Okay. Now, 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 now we're now we're now we're going in circles here. Yeah. Oh God, Arsenal. They they must be really frustrating to watch then. Uh, don't even. I mean, of course, of course. Okay. All right, a game that I think will be completely predictable. Burnmouth will bounce back from their two terrible performances on the road at Aston Villa, who have already accepted their relegation fate. Uh, I'm not sure they've all... Oh, well, they, they probably have accepted their relegation fate, but they're clearly playing for contracts. And so I think they're going to be a little spicier than people think. That being said, they're not. there's no way they win this one. But I think they'll be pretty active in the attack. Burnmouth really need to need like a need this game though, like just in terms of like bouncing back from getting slaughtered in their last two. Uh, I, yes, they do, and I, I mean, I would be, I would be willing to, I'd be willing to say, you know, Max Great between Max Gradle and Matt Ritchie, there's going to be a decent amount of, of a bounce back here. What mm-hmm. do you think? Yeah, I think yeah, those I think that's where you'll have to focus. Looks like Benicophobi's done for the season, which That's a shame. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer, but um I mean, we're not talking about Cristiano Ronaldo here, so and No, but it's but it's just another in the litany of injuries yeah. that Southampton uh, not Southampton Burmuth, that yeah. that Burmuth have survived. Yeah. You know, when you look at it, you know, they're rec- that, that's I think there's two record signings now are both out for the year. Yeah. And and Mings uh, had a setback and might miss the beginning of next season, which is really disappointing. But um, yeah, I think I, I do you think they shut them out? Burnmouth, meaning Burnmouth uh, shut I out. Do. Yeah. I do. I do. I think so. Uh, Aston Villa are just 
They're so limp on attack. Yep. Uh, Jordan Ayew has been very active lately. He runs around, but yeah. something that's been a microcosm of their season against Chelsea, I think it was Baba Rockman, played a ball that hit Ayew right in the chest and went just wide. <laughs> uh, you know, careening back towards his own goal, kind of like what happened with in the Champions League uh, with Manchester City and uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Mm-hmm. You know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored that goal and Jordan Ayew went wide left. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just Jordan Ayew has been playing well, but I think their most talented player is Adama Traore, who's not even their player. The, right. This um this game is their easiest one they've had in forever, though, in terms of Aston Villa. It's too late for that now. No, I know. I'm just saying, well, I'm not sure it's, I mean, we're talking about, again, a bunch of guys who are trying to not be in the championship next year. I don't necessarily mean fighting, keeping Villa in, but just getting off that team. And so they have every reason to play as hard as they can because they want to be able to play for Norwich next season or West Brom. and, And you know what's worse? They still don't have a manager. Yeah. That's wor- uh, That's making. Uh, it's going to make everything so much worse. Mm-hmm. As Remy, uh, after our last podcast, I think it took well, uh, or two podcasts ago, you know, we said, you know, oh, and Remy Gard, you know, he he definitely won't be there next season. Yeah. And then he leaves on mutual consent, like I don't know, a couple hours after we podcast. Right. So, you know, it, it, and to not have any kind of a plan here, manager wise, and no manager wants the job. No. I really feel like that's the issue. No one wants the job. Well, and, they, they don't need it now because anyone's going to ask for a an out if they get relegated, and obviously Villa doesn't want that. So, you know, it's basically just a a wait and see at this point, which is about the worst thing you can do. Ugh. I, ugh. I, but all that says to me that they're not. They have no chance. Yep. They have no chance against Burnmouth. Against anybody. Who, who do you take on Burnmouth other than Richie and Gradle? Charlie Daniels. Okay. He's really expensive, though. Don't care. Okay. Archer Boric. Yeah, Boric is the... Uh... Yeah, I, 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 there's a case, I mean, you know, if Junior Stanislaus starts, I mean, there, there, there's there's all sorts of cases to be made of depending on who starts. Yeah. I hear you. All right. Let's get to the six-pointer, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh Crystal Palace, their first game of the game week against Norwich. I feel like there's going to be a lot of players taken from this game. Okay. Uh, I think that there's going to be people thinking Crystal Palace. I, I think Bakri Sok is going to be on so many people's radar. Yeah, oh, totally. For, for one. Jason Punchin is back, and he looked good last week, so he'll be another. Uh, if Kabai comes back, he'll be a third. Uh, you know, people, especially for double game weeks, people might go after Scott Dan here because Norwich are terrible at set pieces. Uh, and Pape Soiree may make an appearance in here in a lineup or two. Joel Ward may make an appearance in my lineup. Actually, mm-hmm. he won't. Spoiler alert, he will not. Uh, but on the Norwich side, even Matt Jarvis looks like he has value right now. Yeah, he sure does. So, I mean, there, there's there's players across the board martin olsen of course who's you know when he's actually when he when he's picked up the torch here at right back he's looked good yeah uh andre wisdom started who's also another potential option if he keeps starting at left back uh it, it robbie brady is crossing again it, there, there's there's players all and patrick bamford's in the system for <laughs> DraftKings. so i mean yeah there, there, there's players and dear mercy bocani and bocani has looked good offensively too uh, just as long as it's not cameron jerome yeah 
basically. And I mean, Wes Houlihan looks okay. Steven Naismith looked good when he was playing, but I think he left with an injury. Uh, and or it, it's, I think there's a lot of players that could be taken from this game. Okay. As I listed every player. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that was 22. So, yeah, good job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think uh, you're I think you're right. There's, But uh, part of me worries that, like, we, we all expect so much out of this game, which means nothing will happen. Is that a possibility? You're saying that they'll both go for one point apiece just to make sure that Newcastle get relegated? Uh, well, that, yeah, that's, that's yeah, I didn't even think about that, but I'm just wondering if there's it's, really... It's, it's still too early in the season for that. Yeah. I, think. I think I think they'll both go for three points. Okay. They both yeah, they both need it. Okay. That's that's what makes this league great. That's what makes this structure great. Would you take Adebayor if he starts? No. Okay. I would take Connor Wickham potentially if he starts. Okay. Potentially. Yeah. I would take Bamford before Wickham. How's that? Yeah, I think Wickham's supposed to return. So yeah. I mean, if both Wickham and Bamford start, I would take Bamford. I mean, just the revenge factor is off the charts with Bamford. It would make total sense, yeah. right? All right, uh, let's move on, though, to Southampton at home against Newcastle, another relegation potential team that we just talked about. Uh, Fraser Forrester, I think, will get back on his clean sheet days here. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm, I'd be all over Southampton. I haven't really seen anything out of uh, Newcastle. Uh, under Benitez to make me think that they're they're well, going to be Mitro- Mitrovic can't stop scoring. Well, I, I suppose that's right. Everybody else, I don't know, maybe uh, Andros. Ta- I mean, Andros. I was going to say Townsend and Shelby. I you can make a case, but I, I... Uh, Shelby won't score. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. He won't score. Right, but I mean, I'm Andros not sure Tal- Mitrovic and, scores against those Southampton center backs. Those are two of the best you'll find. And combined with. A goalkeeper that's bigger than Mitrovic is. Right, right. Uh, yeah, like the, this is the I worst mean, possible matchup for him. Yeah, Mitrovic, if he goes up with a header against uh, against Fraser Forster, he may get knocked unconscious again for again, Fraser. Again, yeah. Forster. So it's just you know that'll be that'll be that'll be a fun collision to watch in the Ooh. air. Yeah, it's just a, this is a bad matchup for Newcastle. And Newcastle on the road, they don't do much. Yeah. And it's and, and Jorginho Wijnaldum is not even doing much at home now. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's Where's the offense coming from besides for Mitrovic? Mitrovic needs service, and the only yeah, place Townsend. that would come from is Townsend. And Townsend to Mitrovic. Are you going to trust Townsend to Mitrovic on the road against that defense in Southampton? I am not. That's right. Most people won't. Yeah. I think, and, and, and I think they're priced that way. I think Fraser Forrester is very expensive. I think he's the second or third highest goalkeeper mm-hmm. this week. <sighs> I really like Graziano Pelle, too. Yeah, he's side. been... Yeah, I was about to say we'll switch over to the offensive side of Southampton. Who you think the goals may be coming from on that case? The Sadio Mane thing still, like, oh. I still can't jump in. I thought it's about because, it. It's because he does things on the pitch that make you so mad at him. <laughs> like he'll he'll miss an uh, he'll miss an easy goal. He'll get a terrible yellow card or potentially even a red card now at this point. It, it's, ugh, he just he just. He looks like he's playing for another team. To prove how uh, how polarizing he is, uh, you and I did not rank him. Chris and Nick did, and Chris had him at three. Like I, and, uh, watch him not even start. Uh, that's the well. Uh, so Stephen Davis is out, so that 
brings up a spot, but Shane Long is back. Yeah, well, that that that, that, that look that that screams Tottich, not Mane. I was actually thinking it screams Ward Prowse. Uh, I, I never have any confidence that Dusan Tadic is going to start. Never. There are too many times where I've seen him at three million bucks on Mondo goal and get sucked in. No thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, oh my God! You know what else happened last? I totally forgot to mention this. Wanyama almost got his fourth red card last week. In fact, <laughs> he probably should have. <laughs> I don't know how he didn't, to be honest with you. Victor Wanyama, he might set the record for most red cards by a career in this season. This season Actually, no, I, I don't well, know he, if that's He doesn't have enough games, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was about to say, if he gets his fourth, I think he. I, I think the suspension may be longer than yeah, three games. Yeah, I think games. so, too. So it's – it's. He, he is walking a very th- – he's walking a very thin line right now. Uh, but, yeah, if Tottenham starts, I think it's actually a fairly good value here. Okay. So I think he'll be priced pretty low. Yeah, no thanks. But uh, I really like Bertrand. I'll say that. Bertrand Ryan, looks, Ryan, Ryan Bertrand. Bertrand. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Not not a bad option. If Cedric starts, I like him more. Uh, I'm not sure I do actually. And Target too, if he gets the start, which is far from guaranteed. But um, they just look better when they're in the four-two-three-one than the five-three-two. Uh, yeah, I agree. They they just look more comfortable that way. Hmm. But let's move on. Uh. From Bertrand to Bertrand, Bertrand Traore potentially starting for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Nice segue by me. Uh, they are traveling to uh, Swansea. Gilfie Sigurdsson, how many how many goals will he score <laughs> at uh, this point? Yeah, I uh, I think he's the best player in this game only because I'm not sure Willian starts. I realize that he got the game off, but like. Is it possible that they've just seen enough from Willian, they know what he can do, and there's no reason to keep playing him? It's a little early for that. Really? You've been talking about giving, you know, showing the new guys? I agree, weeks. but you need to show them with the players that you intend to keep next season. <laughs> you know what I mean? You need to show Are you sure he's work. one of them? You know what? I, I was, you know, was going to ask you this during a, a, a ridiculous podcast or a shenanigans podcast. Is that different but from a regular one? If you're – Exactly. If you're if you're Chelsea, there is no better time to sell Willian. Oh yeah, this summer. Oh yeah, the value will never be higher. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they should or shouldn't because I honestly don't know what the offers would be anyway. But if there if you were trying to maximize profit on players, if that was your strategy, trying to be business sound, uh, this would be the time. They could sell him for a ton, I think. I uh, I think so too. But – and Willian – you know what? If I'm Willian, do I want to stay? That's another question I was going to ask you. That's a good question. Because he, he, he's good enough to play in the Champions League, obviously. Oh, yeah. And he, I mean – hmm, That's a good – yeah, that's a good one. If, if he's generous, he gives them a year to get back. I mean if yeah. they don't get back next year, I think you'll see a mass exodus. Oh, sure, sure. It, it's <sighs> – I mean, it's tough. It's going to be tough for Chelsea. They're going to have to make some very tough decisions, and the only way they're going to do that, like you just mentioned, would be to actually see what they have in the young players. Yeah. And every time the young players have played, they look good. Yeah. So, I mean, do you expect a? I mean, would you expect a, another Matt Miazga performance or another start? I mean. No. Yeah, I do. And do you expect another Baba Rockman, for example? Uh, I, I'm not the. It's the Kennedy thing that throws me off. That if they. Well. well 
recently, they keep thinking that he can play left back. No, 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 no. He's been playing at the left attacking midfield yeah. club for two games. Yeah. They're, they're done with that. That was only oh, okay. a... They're, they're done only with Only when that. they play Norwich? Only um, when they play Norwich. Yeah. So the Rockmon Kennedy on the left, basically? Rockmon Kennedy on the left, and then it would be... And possibly Traore in front of them. Aspilicueta and whoever on the right. Probably right. Willian, if he's still there. But. Right, right, right. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And then... And then, you know, up front, you know, Pato played well when he came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bertrand Traore has played well pretty much whenever he's played. Yep. Yeah, either of those guys should start. Well, Bertrand Traore didn't get a sniff of time last week. Yeah, I'm just saying I, you can start either one of them, meaning Chelsea can start either one of them. Yeah, and then you have – and then Oscar, who played well. I mean, he, they, they look like they have some kind of abundance of riches, which they do, and they actually happen to be playing well. <laughs> This is life without Hazard, and it looks okay. Sure does. So I would, I you know, that's one, that's one player who I think may not start the rest of the season. I mean, he he does have the hip injury, which kind of you know helps, but it, that that's like immediately time hip injury before a very important European tournament for Belgium. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. It's it it is weird how well they played without him, uh, and you know. They have to be able to, I mean, just like you said for Belgium, they, he's got to get back on the field. But um, I don't know. It's he. They, they clearly have figured out a way to play without him, and it's been very successful. Yeah, and I, I and you know, judging from what I've read on Conte's style, he doesn't fit. He's not one of those high pressing, high energy guys run after the ball all the time. He's it's definitely just not, not. Just not one of those guys. So. You know, we'll see. We'll see. But from the Chelsea side, would you start pretty much any of their front four who plays? Yes. So I'll, I'll go through it. Like, if the, so the guy you don't like most of the time is Oscar. Uh, I would only take Oscar if Willian does not start. What about uh, Kennedy? Um, it depends. No, I probably would pass on Kennedy, mm-hmm. just because he takes up a forward spot and. That's true. He does take up a forward spot, yeah. but he, does, he takes up a forward spot with the potential of getting crosses because he plays out on the wing. He doesn't. He plays there, but he doesn't cross at all. True. He, he always steps so, inside. Yeah. Always steps inside. Okay. That, let's that, go over to the Swansea that side. floor is absurdly low. Yeah. On the Swansea side, is there anyone other than Gilfie Sigurdsson here? Um, I, I'm not even sure if I would. I would play Leroy Fair, who I love. Yeah. I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Guys like Wayne Routledge always give Chelsea problems. But they always do. Always do. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, but you know, if Wayne Routledge plays on the left side and Brynislav Ivanovic is playing right back, I'm taking Wayne Routledge. Yeah, no thank you. Okay, that's the only time I would. Okay, Watford against Everton, the first of Everton's double game week here. I guess you take Lukaku. Uh, I, I don't in daily. It's tough. He's it's tough. He's going to cost too much. Yeah. I mean, the only player who I would take from Everton at this point would either be Seamus Coleman or potentially Aaron Lennon because he's not that expensive. Yeah. the it, Lukaku's floor is what bothers me the most about him, that I could pay, you know, 75 or 8000 bucks and get two points. Yeah, uh, it basically, yeah, it basically it got I mean, Watford's been awful. Let's not, you know, yeah, forget that. <laughs> this is the game where you would you would take them, but... Are I mean I'm assuming you feel this way too. I'm not willing to gamble a large portion of my 
a large salary portion of my roster on an Everton player at this point. No, yeah, that's how I feel, exactly. I, I feel like you have to try to find a value on Everton, and I don't think Lukaku's going to be that guy. Basically, uh, I'm not sure they have any because, like, Dale Feu is not that cheap. No. And Barkley's Lennon. not cheap. I think, Len- I think Lennon would be the guy. Yeah. I, I think that's it. And you hate Aaron Lennon. I do. You hate Aaron Lennon like I hate Phil Bardsley, only because I don't know where Phil Bardsley is at any given moment in time. Yeah, place for Stoke. Exactly. Uh, but it's it's a tough situation with Everton because you don't want to take a defender because you know they don't cross enough anymore. Right. Leighton Baines doesn't take penalties. and Oviedo uh, was the only one who was like crossing enough, and now he's not going to play, so. And your, and your guess is as good as mine as to which ones are going to actually be playing among the fullbacks besides Rashamus Coleman. Right. And Coleman's pretty expensive too. Yeah, you see, yes, he is. So, it's a, it's a, like I said, I'm not take. I am not taking a big gamble salary wise on an Everton player. Just yeah. not. What uh, about Dini? No, he's looked better, but no, I, I can't take a Watford player. Not a single one of them. I have not even Ake, who I love. I have one for later on. Fantastic. I can't wait to hear about it. Uh, it's probably Ben Watson, isn't it? It's not. Although, uh, in the time that we keep talking, I may change it out. <laughs> there you go. I mean, Watford just, they look too too pathetic, too pitiful, too much like a typical Swansea season. Get 40 points, do nothing else. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. And I'm pretty sure, I th- I'm pretty sure we've nailed this spot on in terms of this game. Like, you can't, count on the Everton guys even though you know there's a good there's a good possibility that like Romelu Lukaku scores a penalty or something yep you know but from open play I, your guess is as good as mine as to who scores for them yeah I have no idea yeah I just uh I don't know even even the games that Lukaku scores his his like fantasy points aren't that high the way I feel he's about not a Everton, 10 shot player I feel that the the common response to Everton, just in general, when you say the word Everton, you go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are, what are their chances of finishing, you know, in in any kind of European tournament next season? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, are they going? You just don't know. And is Roberto Martinez going to be there next season? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Just, there's too much. There's too much uncertainty surrounding that team. I agree. Perfect. Manchester City at home against West Brom. Bad time to play Manchester City now. They are flying high, especially after that 2-2 performance in uh, in Europe against... Why am I blanking PSG. here? Thank you. That was a very entertaining game, even though PSG should have won 5-2. <laughs> the, is there a possibility that we see some squad rotation since they play PSG again this week? Or next week, excuse me? No. Okay. I didn't think so either. I mean, the only player I think who may get switched out would be like someone, like someone pretty insignificant. Like it would be like a Zabaleta for Sanya. Yeah, I think like, that's exactly right. Or like, or maybe Kolarov gets a start. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. If Kolarov gets a start, you're still not starting because he costs five thousand dollars. I I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out actually. Uh, we talked about this, although it's been a while since he's had a big game. But with there are very few defenders who are worth that money. And earlier in the season, uh, he was worth it. We were talking about, uh, yesterday on the MLS podcast that he, if you can find a very cheap midfielder, um, you're basically just flipping the salaries instead of, ch- fi- you know, like you would pay 55, 55,000 yeah, for a yeah, Colorado level like, midfielder. 
It's like in fantasy football when you have like a really high scoring tight end instead of uh, like a wide receiver two. Uh, I I think it's a little different only because you can you can get more value out of these out of these guys. Like I think the the upside for a for a very low priced midfielder is higher than your wide receiver two. But sure, we can go with that. No, 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 no. Your facts are much better than my opinion. <laughs> so, Kolarov, I think, is the only one, though, in that range. That, uh, Chris Tierney in, M- in MLS is the, the one that we were talking about last night. But um, I think Kolarov is the only one. Trippier is obviously one as well. But Give me Charlie Daniels at 4,500 instead of Kolarov at 5,000. Uh, Daniels's floor hasn't has been pretty low recently, and so... Don't care. Not against Aston Villa. There is no floor there. I guess. I guess. There, uh, there's a glass. I mean, floor. we're talking about Man City against home against West Brom, no less. West, West Brom. You know what? You know what? You have a point. West Brom will let you cross the ball in. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Now, oh, you're talking me into this now. Yeah. You maybe. But talking. he's the only one. Like the Cleachy doesn't doesn't cross enough, and uh, Zabaleta doesn't, and neither does uh, Sanya. So. And you're and you're taking a risk too. Well, and you can get anyone else basically. But yes. if you because it's the late game, you're taking a risk by you know gambling on a player from Man City starting. Yeah, the, I mean if you if you put yeah, you basically have to have Kolarov in your in your utility, which I still don't think is that bad of a deal if he starts because I mean, like we said, he can put up some pretty good numbers. Yeah, but I mean, even if you go down to cliche, like, yeah, right, yeah, Yeah. you don't want to do that. Right, you don't want to do that. All right, let's move on. Uh, The the one nil victory that will be on Sunday, Leicester traveling to Sunderland. That's such a disappointing one. Nothing. Um, I really like Jermaine Defoe. I think this seems like another. uh, Hold on, hold on, stop. I really like blank. I think. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I like Jermaine Defoe. Good. Okay. Perfect. No qualifiers. So None. are you? So oh, so, yeah. I would play Jermaine Defoe in this game. Um, he had 14 points last week, last weekend without scoring a goal or getting an assist. Like he's taking as many shots as he possibly can right now, and so he can provide some pretty good value, uh, even if he doesn't score. He's got like kind of a little Coutinho thing going now. <laughs> At the forward position. Right. Uh, for Leicester, I think the most the, the most predictable thing about Leicester is that Shinji Okazaki will be replaced by Le- Leonardo Uchoa at the 60-minute mark. <laughs> Probably. I dropped Vardy in FPL because I just don't think – like they're not scoring enough anymore. He specifically yeah. hasn't scored since February 14th. Well, this will be a game where I think Leicester will have a decent amount of the ball. Mm-hmm. That's fine. All right. That's fun. Uh, Riyad Mahrez, I think, will be a better value if you compare him to Vardy. I'll give you that. Yep. I think this this is more of a Mahrez game than a Vardy game, I believe. I I think that's right, which all but clinches the hat trick for Vardy. Yep. And then finally, I think better than both of them will be Fuchs again. Well, Brighton's not bad on DraftKings just because he crosses so much. Fuchs. But Fuchs, yeah, four straight or four out of four straight and five out of six with double digit points. I'll take Fuchs. Okay. And it costs less. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, following uh, following that game on Sunday, there's a pair of games, one of them being Liverpool at home against Stoke. Uh, 
Daniel Sturridge did not start in the Europa game today against Dortmund, so you have to assume that he's going to start here. Yeah. I like him. Coutinho looked great against Dortmund. I like him here. Roberto Firmino was close to returning. Uh, we haven't seen all three of them play together in a while. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes if if they feel that they even need to play him. James Milner, I think, is another option. Uh, and I think for Stoke, the only one you can take is Arnautovic. If, I think if Shakiri comes back... I'd consider him, although for how long he's been out, um, it'd be surprising if he started. Yeah, I mean, he's going on four weeks now. Yeah. Well, part of that was the international break, but he didn't play there either. Yeah, he didn't play there either, yeah, so. I don't know. Wabi Khazri's getting just a tick too expensive. I meant to mention that in the last one. But, yeah, the... uh, What about Jan and Vila? I'm kidding. Go ahead. Uh, Liverpool drew with Dortmund today um, in Germany. In Germany, oh, so game to watch, and, yeah. and and Liverpool had plenty of chances to make that more than two. Yeah, so that's a little that's an interesting one uh, for next week. But yeah, I, I think Sturridge is by far the best value um, that that Liverpool has. And I believe, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna check this actually a little bit here, but I believe that that Leicester played before after this week. I think they play before Manchester City every single week. So Manchester, so Leicester will have to basically set the pace right. for. Oh, sorry, for Spurs then Spurs. Oh, okay. They play before Spurs. Okay. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think they play before Spurs almost every week in the run-in. So it's basically they don't they won't get they the the pressure won't be off of them to win. You know what I mean? Yes. So they'll have to wait. If they lose, they'll have to wait and see if Spurs will lose. <laughs> right, right. So that, that that's one little twist in, in the plot. Okay. Just something I thought was interesting. I agree. Anyway, uh, we're talking about a game that we weren't talking about anyway. Uh, but let's transition to Spurs because that's the, way I'll do, that, that's the way I'll do that. It's a segue to Spurs at home against Manchester United. Uh, this is a game where I will take Harry Kane. I might take Christian Eriksen. I won't take anybody else. Even though there's a good case to be made for Martial, but Rooney may be back this week. Uh, it's Manchester United offensively. It's almost like Everton now. It's like, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's less, well, maybe it is pretty similar, but I feel like that you, with with Everton, you know you're not taking any of them other than Lukaku. But with United, I feel like you, you definitely consider Martial. Um, Rashford, you probably consider. Like if Memphis starts, you'd you'd really consider that. So Lingard would even fit in. But like I think, score, Yeah, but not to score a goal, though, if you're talking about Memphis. Uh, maybe not for a goal, but... Because um, you're, you're at the best defensive team in the league. Well, I, I didn't necessarily mean just for this week, but... Yes, yeah, but, this week I, I I wouldn't touch any of them. <laughs> I mean, even though Martial's look, uh, you know, three in his last four is hard to argue with, but you're at Spurs. Yeah, yeah. And it's the, not only are you at Spurs, but you may be at a desperate Spurs because Spurs may have just seen Leicester win right before them. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, or you know what? Even better, if Leicester lose. I was going to say if Leicester lose, yeah. I, there's just there's no scenario where Spurs are going to be overlooking them or just not be focused on getting as many goals as humanly possible. Yep. 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 Which makes me love Harry Kane more. Mm. United, I mean, need this just as much. 
if they want to contend in Europe. But I mean, I mean, they do. There's no, there's no doubt about that. They do, but I think they have more leeway in terms of, you know, they can, if they get one point here, that would be okay. Like a a nil nil would be just fine for them. They'll Uh, take, they'll sign up for nil nil today. It it depends what Man City does before them. That's like Man City. But even, even if they lose, even if they lose two points, like that, that's, I mean, they are in a position where they can make that up quicker than Spurs can make up the ground against Leicester. Uh, okay. Okay. I get you. I'm not, what I'm saying is Manchester United, the one thing that they can't do is get zero. Yes. Yes. So I think that they are more likely to play for nil nil than they would be to play for two nil them. Okay. Or, you know, three, two, whatever. I buy that. Yeah. All right, let's get to the double game week portion of this. Crystal Palace, their second game of the week, uh, at home against Everton, their second game of the week. Uh, I actually like Palace here. I don't know why, but I like Palace here. I don't think anything changes for Everton based on the on what happens on Saturday. I mean, obviously, if like Lukaku gets hurt, that, that changes it. But I think uh, how uh, Palace lines up will greatly affect this game. Like if Wickham comes back and starts... Or if they get Adebayor, if, if Sacco doesn't play, like I think it's very tough to preview that game without seeing what they do against Norwich. Yeah, and for me, it's about how much pace they put on the pitch. Right. Palace. If they play with a lot of pace, I think they're going to cause Everton a lot of problems. Yeah, I just we, I just feel like we don't know who's going to play yet, and so uh, I don't want to. You know what? You know what we can do? If you, we'll we'll come back Tuesday. We'll we'll do another preview of this game. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, let's do that. Our, our, way, our way too early preview is I like Palace and you don't know. I, I think I prefer Palace anyway, but okay. from fantasy point, I'm not sure who who. What, what, I, yeah. what I love is a Scott Dan goal off of a corner. Wow, that's love very specific. Love that possibility. Okay. Love that possibility here. Okay. From a, you know what? I'll even be even more specific. From a Jason Punchin corner or if Johan Kabai is playing from a Johan Kabai corner. Okay. There we go. All right. And with that... We can move on to our daily dose. Yeah, we're getting a little long here, I think. Well, you know, trying to fit two podcasts into one. That's right. The re- the the pre the review preview. <laughs> it makes it tough. All right, I'll, I'll go. I'll go quicker than usual. I have Fraser Forrester at goaltender for forty three hundred. Charlie Daniels at forty five hundred. Martin Olson, my favorite, at thirty three hundred, and Matt Target at thirty four hundred. Okay. Uh... That all makes sense, I guess. Uh, I have Target also. I have his teammate, Ryan Bertrand, uh, mostly because he's been taking corners. Um, I've got Alan Niam for the corners as well against Everton. Oh, and uh, Joe Hart I actually have starting. Hart, uh, we got lucky here with the prices coming out before um, before the Champions League because it was a bit of surprise that Hart came back. And so Willie Caballero is actually the highest-priced goalkeeper at 45 and I take Joe Hart with a $700 savings. Yeah, and uh, Joe Hart saved the penalty. Yes. Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic, yeah, of all people. Um, moving to my midfield, I've got three guys uh, to start with Kevin De Bruyne, Gilfie Sigurdsson, and Robbie Brady. And I have two in my flex spots. One of them is Ruben Loftus-Cheek at 3000 and the other guy I have is Adlin Guediora, or however you say his name. He okay. has played sparingly for Watford. Um, he hasn't started yet, but he sent in five crosses in 21 minutes uh, last weekend. 
and he sent in seven in 35 minutes the week the match before so i'm hoping that somehow he gets a start because he's only 2500 bucks and if he starts with that that many crosses per minute then i should pile up the crosses now you know i'll save your response till the end but i want to know how much you have in reserve at the end okay all right my midfielders i have four i'll technically five in total uh i believe that they're all uh classified as midfielders i have de bruyne as well uh matt ritchie at 6,500, I love that yeah. Aston Villa matchup. I have Bakary Sacco at 3,700. I have Jason Punchin at 3,900. Wow. And Bertrand Traore at 3,200. Mm. I'm hoping that he starts. Yeah. I like all of those. The Sacco worried me a little bit just because I'm not sure what happens if, if Kabai comes yeah. back or Wickham or I was both. Bar- I, was, yeah, I was bargain hunting. Yeah. I, 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 before I was saying, I have no money left. Yeah. Uh, and he was the best at 3700 you're not going to find much better value there if he starts <laughs> i agree uh i have yeah. i have 300 bucks left uh i spent 4400 on jordan ayu hoping for another double digit that's why you said he's been playing well yes, okay yeah of course ahead. yeah i was trying to sell myself on it um last week last weekend against chelsea he took six shots and he had five crosses so I'm hoping for something similar uh, as they try to score on Burnmouth. And then completely out of spite, I paid 3500 for Patrick Bamford. I hate you so much. Because now, because, now, because now that means like there's going to be expectation put on him. <laughs> yes, because I picked him on, on DraftKings. That's he probably is not even going to start, and then I have to scramble for some sort of $3,800 forward who yeah. uh, looks like it'll be uh, – oh, I guess it could be Bocani, so not a terrible – yeah, Terrible. I have uh, Max Gradle at fifty two hundred, and I have Kennedy at forty one hundred. That's why I said he was playing well. Yeah, <laughs> trying to convince myself that this is a good idea. Yeah, this is both teams are just packed with like wild cards. Yeah, uh, well, especially what I feel this that time of the season. I feel that I feel that because of Chelsea, like if they're going to play their young players, you may see value there because it's a decent matchup. Yeah, I agree with you. So I think people are going to try and take advantage of that. They're going to try and take advantage of Crystal Palace with their one game spurt. That they're yep. coming off of, and I think people are going to be all over Burmouth. Yes, I think you're all right over Burmouth. All of those. And I think, and, and I think I have the three guys that are most representative, if that's a word, of representative of, of, of that. I have Gradle, Richie, and Daniels. Yeah, and it would not surprise me if people have those three plus Arter Boric. Right. All right, but that will that will end this extra long review preview version of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We will catch you for game week 34. Is there another double game week next week? Yes, the, the, that one is packed. So, And we will be discussing all of that and more. Keep sending us your Hungry Game submissions at Sports by Gotti, G-O-T-T-I, on Twitter for me and uh, Andrew at Rotowire Andrew. And make sure you hashtag it with Hungry Games, H-U-N-G-A-R-Y, like the country. We will talk to you next week. Thank you so much, Andrew. Good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.